Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats of all ages, it is episode 56 of the Development Hell podcast. I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Funkatron, Ed Finkler. Ed, how are you today? I know I interrupted you from a nap when I called you to say that we were recording today. Yeah, I was on call today, and so I woke up at 6.30, and then I got real tired when I was defeated by my code base. I guess you don't care that I wake up at like 6.15 every morning, so your 6.30 whining means absolutely nothing. No, it's all relative. No, no, it's not. Uh, But we're here together for another episode of uh, the podcast, and as I'm safe and sound where I am, but New York City and Boston are supposed to get pounded by historic levels of snow, which means regular levels for Canada. And right. um, and uh, today we have a very special guest, one who will was actually pleasant and uplifting, unlike Mr. Salty got rejected by a conference, uh, Chris is today. So I'll be muting myself many times <laughs> because I'm gonna because I'm gonna be grumbling about stuff all throughout this podcast. So um, but yes, we're joined by Jeremy Lindblom, who has a alter ego that we'll talk about a little bit later. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. How's it going? It's you know how it's going. So um, <laughs> we're uh, he's out there in Seattle, Washington, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. But before we start talking more, Jeremy, we have to talk about our sponsors. Ed, this is your jam. All right. Um, so just under the wire, we got an extra special, uh, exciting sponsorship from. Um, uh, a company uh, called um, uh, Roe, isn't that? I think it's a it's a kind of soup. Oh yeah, I've had that before. Yeah, and um, very good. <laughs> and uh, Ro Rove, I think actually I think it's the name Rove. Um, and um, one of the things is that I that I did. Uh, today or actually it was yesterday was we bought a new tv and um i looked at you know that you have a selection and they have like these uh like these really big sets like they always show off like the big 60 inch 4k ultra hd sets and stuff like that and the curved sets and things like that and and that's the stuff they sort of put in the center and then you go to like sort of the side aisles and they've got these uh, tiny TVs, like a 27-inch TV made by a company you've never heard of. And we were looking at those because we were trying to save some money. Um, and um, we caught the, the our eye, this, uh, uh, this one company. Um, in fact, it's Rove. Um, that, uh, and they, are, uh, they make a special uh, amber monochrome television set. Um, my understanding is that they're not into, they're not doing, um, PHP nuke installs anymore. Um, and I think this is an outgrowth of the web TV, um, the web TV, uh, efforts they've been uh, putting in, in that, in that division. Um, so they're just making TVs now, um, which I, I think is sort of, um, it's, uh, I think the slogan is Rove television for Luddites. And it uh, it's just like all amber screens. Um, it uses L like a flat screen, but they curve the flat screen outwards so that it kind of looks like a fishbowl. Um, and it's all fuzzy, and you can't really see super well. 
And so it's that kind of thing. Uh, it's sort of like an artisanal, like television watching process. Like you see it um, from the, uh, it's straight to your table TV um, in uh, one color. And uh, that's it. That's what they're doing now. Apparently, I guess, um, I guess the nuke thing didn't work out. Um, so I'm not, I'm not real sure. Um, let me actually, I've just been handed something and it, it, uh, says that they are still doing websites, but they will only do them in Amber. So, um, they are specifically, uh, working, uh, on web applications, but they are only, uh, targeting the Amber monochrome market. And that's what they're trying to do is sort of sort of a vertical integration of uh, Amber displays, Amber websites, um, but it will be responsive. So it can work on any size of Amber display that you have. Because so, boutique niches is where it really is at in 2015. Yes. So that is uh, apparently where they're going with that. And they wanted us, everybody to know about it. So I said, uh, hey, Rove guys um, and gals. I saw that you have uh, a TV line and they were like, let's tell the world. And this is where they're telling the world is here where everything happens. Development hell where things happen. And then our other sponsor is uh, wonder network. I think it's, there's no S right. It's just wonder network. Yep. And uh, if you're listening to this live, that is because of the power of wonder network. Uh, their powerful servers and bandwidth, um, their muscly rippling um, streams of data uh, flying at you face first. That's Wonder Network, and you get what you pay for. That was beautiful, Ed. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. So with the sponsorship stuff out of the way, and, and thank you, uh, Evan and the boys at uh, Rove, uh, I'm awaiting. Uh, I know that my own personal Amber monochrome monitor is currently stuck in customs. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I, look, I look forward to seeing it. Um, but yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, we have a couple topics to cover. But today we're talking to Jeremy Lindblom, PHP developer extraordinaire. Um, all around nice guy, nicer than I could ever be. And... Uh, uh, oh, he's, he's a lot nicer than you. I, gotta, I want to the, really the, emphasize the that. bar to be nicer than me is pretty low. Um, you can just ask my kids. <laughs> and um, but we're here to talk about a couple of things he has on the go. But the first thing is we always give our guests a chance to defend themselves before we get into it. So, Jeremy, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself before we start savagely ripping apart everything that you stand for? Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Jeremy. Uh, I work for Amazon Web Services right now, and I work on their AWS SDK for PHP. So I'm one of the lucky few that gets to work on PHP within Amazon. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm also one of the organizers for the Seattle PHP group. Uh, so that's a lot of fun, too, to, to run that group over there. And uh, that's, uh, I don't know, what else do you want to know? Or, or, what, or do you want to start tearing me apart right now? Yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, so, uh, so you work for Amazon now. Um, so you work for the, the web servers 
Uh, 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 Jesus Christ. Yeah, you, you work for the web services uh, side of things. Um, I haven't dealt too much with the SDK. So uh, typically, like, what do you find your reaction when you tell people you work for Amazon, but you don't actually work on any of like the store side of Amazon? Instead, you're helping support the support the web services side of things. Do people treat you differently? Like, what's it like around Seattle when people find out that you work for Amazon? Do they like push you down into the street, or <laughs> or, they, or do they ask you, "Can I get a job there?" Like, kind of when you tell people that you work for Amazon, how do people usually react? Uh, well, there's a lot of people that work for Amazon in Seattle, so uh, sometimes uh, they're like, "Oh, me too." That that's one reaction I get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most of the time, if uh, they are not familiar with what Amazon Web Services is, uh, when I try to tell them I work for Amazon but not Amazon, they just kind of give me a blank stare. Do you do you, uh, do you do you pack books and boxes? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, so yep. that's, that's that's their twenty percent days. Everyone <laughs> one day a week has to pack stuff into boxes. Oh yeah, everybody takes a turn being on on call. That's what that's what on call is there. It's uh, you have to uh, pack. So stuff. so how did you so how did you end up getting involved with the AWS folks? Um, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, so I uh, used to live in Phoenix area in Arizona, and uh, I was working at a small web dev shop there called Synapse Studios. They're based out of Tempe, right across the street from Arizona State University. And I was there for a few years and got an email one day uh, from an Amazon recruiter saying that they found my website looking for a PHP developer on just by doing a Google search. So my website at the time apparently showed up and uh, they asked if I wanted to interview with them. I said, uh, why not? And uh, it progressed from there. So I got had to go through two phone screens and then they flew me in for a, a day of interviews and uh, apparently, I did well enough to to uh, get accepted there. And uh, then uh, convincing my wife to move to Seattle was pretty easy because, uh, let's see, I think it was right after we got married, you know, we were talking about, hey, if we weren't living here, where would we live? Um, and she said, well, I'd want to live in Washington if uh, we weren't living here. And so it wasn't too hard to convince her to move to Washington. Did she mean Washington, D.C., though? Oh, well, I don't know. She wasn't too specific on that, so. It turns out. (laughs) Turns out she wanted to live in the nation's capital, and she's just too polite to say otherwise to you, Jeremy, just following her husband wherever he goes. (laughs) So that's how I ended up there. Just kind of happened. I wasn't even really looking for it. But uh, it seemed like a good opportunity, and it's uh, been a lot of fun. Got um, I've had a lot of opportunities because of that. So cool. That sounds pretty neat. So uh, do you uh, do, do you work on like all different parts of the AWS SDK for PHP, or are there parts that you specifically focus on? So um, it's really only me and uh, Michael Dowling, the Guzzle guy. That that's right. And I'm going to interrupt. I don't. I gave money to to Mike because Guzzle is so awesome and everybody listening who's ever used Guzzle should throw some money his way too. You know, he was really, really surprised by that. He was like, whoa, that's never happened before. That's really cool. <laughs> that's right. Nice. I bought him a book. Least I could, least I could do for making my life so much easier to connect to things via HTTP when I'm too lazy to figure out how to do it with curl. <laughs> I, use gu- I use Guzzle. Yep. Good Everyone stuff. out there, don't be so cheap. Reward the creators of projects that have helped you. And yep. there's a nice awkward silence. Keep going, Jeremy. 
so uh yeah we we work on the sdk together uh, and we uh we do all the work on it uh, every part of it so if you looked in the commit log it's basically me and michael and uh, a few other random people that have chipped in on github so all right then fair enough so you're just that cool yeah, I gotta. I gotta. I don't really consider myself cool, but it's fun either way. Right, right, right. I got you. I got you. I got you. So, uh, how come uh, I gotta? I can't figure out AWS. There's so much stuff. It's like a clickety click on all these different things, and they does stuff. I don't even know. There What's is going on? a lot of stuff. There's you know what? Stuff. I don't actually know all of it either. Tell you the truth. Revealed as a fraud. I knew it. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a lot of services. Uh, there's like, I don't know the exact number because it keeps increasing, but there are more than 40. Uh, I know that. And they all do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't know how all of them work. Not even close. One of the things that always confused me, and it probably makes sense to other people who know how to do math, but um where the like I want people to tell me like it will cost this much to have this server and this server has these things in it and then the numbers they show me don't make any sense it's like they're written in Vulcan or something like that <laughs> and uh so I'm like how much is this going to cost I don't understand I never I don't know I don't get it I just don't understand maybe it's just not meant for me other people seem to love it a lot I don't know I mean, I use it. That's where all my my videos um, are stored up on S3. So, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I remember when I worked at Moontoast way back when, and I poured one out because Moontoast is no more. And uh, with uh, Ben Ramsey, um, everything that we did was up in Amazon's um, cloud. So we were all into it. And um, yeah, I agree. There is a lot of pointy and clicking going on. And, and over time, Amazon, it seems like, like, like clockwork, once a quarter, something new. Um, gets added on. It's you know they had the MySQL stuff, the managed stuff. Now they have Postgres, and now they have the what's it called Glacier, the ones that this like the long term mm-hmm. storage that's yeah. like sneaker net speed to retrieve stuff off of it. Um, <laughs> they just have guys with zip disks, like a giant warehouse of that. Yeah, and they hop into a Prius and they drive somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> across the country in a Prius with your data on the zip disk. It'll be there in three days. Oh, they got to be really worried about the click of death, though, whenever that happens to one of those drives. So I guess they just call someone up and says, better unplug the second Prius. We had a, we had a drive failure, and they hop in the car and they drive somewhere else. Um, I think, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of the, um, you know, it feels kind of, I mean, it's better than it used to be. Um, it feels sometimes disjointed between what all the services do. And that's because um, the... The way that the company is organized is very uh, disjointed on purpose, uh, mm-hmm. so that people can, you know, work in small teams, build things quickly, iterate on them, and not have to really care about what other people are doing. Um, and so, uh, there's some really great advantages of that, and mm-hmm. of course, there's also some disadvantages too. Um, but it's the way that um, Amazon's done things is very service oriented, um, both you know internally and then of course externally. Sure, yeah. I had a point I was going to make and then I forgot what it was. Never mind. So, how often have you interacted with the big head honcho, Mister Bezos himself? Uh, mm, 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 never. No, <laughs> never, never even met him. 
Uh, no, not not personally. I mean, uh, I've gone to kind of like our big company meetings and you know seen him there, but I've never talked to him. Uh, I don't even work in a building that's even very close to where he would be anyway. So um, I have other friends that run into him occasionally because they work in the same building, but I'm kind of across town from there. Do you? Yeah, you, you, there's two guys on your team. You and this other guy, uh, whose name I've forgotten already. Mike. And um, do you guys have to take turns like riding the bicycle to power the generator? Oh yeah, definitely. I figured they put you in like in a shanty or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. It's a uh, it's it's a Schwinn bike. That's oh, nice. To you know, nice. The, nice. The, the power grid. We just like yeah, pretty much we just switch off. Yeah. Every uh, every other day, I would have thought for sure they would have had like a, <laughs> like a hip like a hipster fixie uh, custom built one for you guys to ride on. But a Schwinn, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Holding true to the holding true to the roots. That's pretty good. Now, did you get a Fire Phone? I, I didn't. No, I, I'm I'm pretty hooked on iPhone. Good yeah, I think, I, I think everybody else right is. There. Yeah, I think that's the part of the problem. Oh, my my daughter has a Kindle Fire uh, tablet, and it's been really good. Oh, I like the tablets. I was making yeah. fun of the phones. Yeah, I know you're making fun of the phones. Don't you don't have to be like that. <laughs> no, I don't. No, it's fine. I don't know. Maybe the phone is okay. It's just, I guess, not a lot of people bought them. But you know, what are you gonna do? This is still sell a lot of books. That's really where you go to Amazon. Is just about books, right? I don't know. There, uh, this is one of the this is one of the things that that's a big difference between Amazon in the U.S. as opposed to Canada. You have Amazon Prime in Canada. You're basically just getting uh, a deal, prepaying for a deal on shipping because all mm-hmm. the other awesome things that you get from Amazon Prime in the U.S. you do not get in Canada. We don't get streaming movies. We don't get uh, we don't get audio. Don't get the ability to buy MP3s from Amazon in Canada, which which sucks big donkey dicks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> We uh yeah we get lots of cool stuff and it's pretty awesome. So um, you can give some of that feedback to your manager about how sucky yeah. Amazon Prime of Canada is. No 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 don't try to dodge it, Jeremy. I know you're hooked in. <laughs> this reminds me of uh, what uh, uh, my sister's now ex husband who worked at Microsoft uh, was talking about how every time he mentioned he worked at Microsoft, everybody would start like giving him shit about some part of Microsoft, usually like Internet Explorer or Windows or something like that. Um, you know, he did, had nothing to do with that. You know, he, he was like a, a SQL server consultant or something like that. Yeah, I feel him there. I, I get the same thing. So, but that's what basically this episode has turned into is <laughs> let's, let's yell at Jeremy. And the airing of, of Amazon grievances dumped into, <laughs> into Jeremy's lap. Yeah. But no, that's not fair because Jeremy doesn't have anything to do with that. He just has, he has the... He has the fun task of of maintaining maintaining uh, an SDK um, for a dying programming language um, with many many security holes in it. So it's got to be better than packing books. So <laughs> is so that your next- story now about since you didn't get in the conference? <laughs> That's right. It's a dying language now. Um, so, but speaking of conferences, uh, another reason uh, actually the timing ended up pretty much perfect for it that um, you are. Um, getting a PHP conference in Seattle up off the ground, but you're doing it uh, in a, a way that I've never seen any other conference approach it. You're using a Kickstarter. So can you kind of, can you run through it for me and Ed, like what led you to the decision to use Kickstarter for this? Gotcha. Yeah. So um, as part of the Seattle PHP user group, um, and then, you know, being able to have 
being able to, as, as part of you know AWS, go to lots of conferences over the past year. Um, putting one together in Seattle area has just been kind of something I've been wanting to do for the last year uh, because there's really nothing in that region of the states. And I think every other region's covered now with uh, conferences, so I wanted to put that together. Uh, but bootstrapping the event the first year uh, it was a lot harder than I anticipated, actually. Uh, so uh, I've seen... You know, people have success with Kickstarters for things like, you know, the various elephants that have been coming out. And uh, so I thought it would be a good way to uh, kind of just kick off the fundraising for the conference and um, use it um, really more as a promotional tool than, you know, the the chief money gathering tool. But yeah, I've never seen anyone do it either for an event. So we'll see how it works out. Nice. Nice. Um, Oh, now we're getting an echo. That's weird. I'm so confused by it. I don't hear it. Really? Whose fault is it? Do you think it's Chris's fault? It's, no, it's at your end because I have my mic uh, muted while you were talking. So it's at your end, buddy. Are you talking to me? Yes, Edward. Is it? Do I have it now? No. Well, that's weird. Do you have it now? Nope. It's going away. Transient that was an echo. exciting. That was an exciting um, part of the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, good night. Well, so I wanted to say that first off, that I think we are proud at the Development Health Studios um, to have uh, to announce that we are a community supporter of the Pacific Northwest PHP Conference. That's right, have, Jeremy. We're tossing some money your way. And, uh, That's yeah, so uh, um, that I think means that uh, we are the official podcast now. Is that correct? I will neither confirm nor deny that. Okay. Oh, time right. to re- time to request a refund, Ed. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I need to hit. I think I hit the delete button. Is that Hi, guys, we're gonna try and get me in trouble tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so for a so hundred bucks, we expect both Ed and I to be flown in business class uh, yeah. to do a live uh, podcast as the opening keynote for the conference. Yeah, that's. Well, I mean, that makes just, sense. I think it makes financial <laughs> sense because a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. I mean, that's a, it's a non-trivial amount of money. Yeah, that, that's true. I should be able to get two first-class tickets. Not on a plane, though. Yeah, it'll be a... Uh, we're going to Amtrak it. That actually would be kind of epic, Ed. <laughs> Think about no, it. Like you and yeah. I on a train across half the U.S. That'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> wasn't, there, wasn't there like a movie like that? Midnight Express or something? <laughs> no, no, that's a very different movie. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I've never been to Turkey. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, wait. I have to... I like wait. trains. I ride a train every day. Yeah, don't you have, if I remember, like a 16-hour commute every day? 14. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's uh, it's two hours each way, about. That seems like a lot. It It is. It's pretty long. <laughs> I'm used to it now. Um, I mean, I w- definitely wouldn't do it if it was driving, but, uh, you know, it most of it, the time is spent on the train, so I can kind of just chill and work on stuff or read or something. That's See, cool. this is this sort of thing is was a is a constant bone of contention between me and my wife about commute time. So my wife uh, has a terrible commute of one hour each way through uh, stop and go traffic to get to work, and so 
And I would always complain, well, I used to spend 90 minutes going in and two hours going out. And my wife uh, would always complain to me saying that it didn't count because I was on a train. And I said, no, it does count because <laughs> I was not in control of my commute. I had to sit on this train and I was a prisoner because I'm, a, I'm a, uh, uh, a punctuality Nazi. So I, uh, I hate the idea of being bound to somebody else's schedule when I'm trying to get somewhere. And the train doesn't always operate as expected either sometimes. So. Correct. Mm. So, so, yeah, so two hours, that, you know, uh, to be honest, that sucks whether you're sitting on a train or you're sitting in a car or if you're schlepping it uh, via bus or you're taking the subway. Two hours is two hours. That's four hours a day of your life um, th- that you have zero chance to get back. Yeah, it can be hard sometimes, you know, because, you know, if I don't leave work at the right time, then I end up getting home at like 7 or 7.30, and that's really late. Um, right now, my kids aren't old enough where they have stuff to do in the evening. Um, but, like, you know, once my kids are in sports and school and stuff where, you know, I have to be somewhere, that's going to be a bit more challenging. Yeah, you'll be done with Amazon by then. Don't worry. <laughs> You go and, move, more, and more awkward silence. This is awesome. This is going so well. I'll either confirm nor deny that. <laughs> <laughs> next topic. Okay, speaking of next topic, it's uh, an open secret that you are one of the more musical members of the PHP community. Because um, I remember at the last tech, and I just poured one out, um, that uh, you did a little musical number for us. I think yeah. was that the last tech? Yes, yeah. it was. So um, PHP Bard, that uh, looks like that's been a lot of fun. Not as much fun as me participating as part of PHP Drama, but PHP <laughs> Bard because uh, I don't do PHP Drama anymore because it just it was just getting too easy. So um, every day I had source material and just got old and tiresome. <laughs> but PHP Bard is very very different, and, and uh, like so, what made you decide to kind of come up with the PHP Bard persona? Um. You know, I've done music like my whole life. And uh, when I started doing computers full time, I kind of, you know, I started missing <laughs> doing music. So um, pretty much whatever I can do to to bring music and, and stuff like that into my life, I try to do it. And so it was just a kind of a crazy idea I had after all the other... Um, PHP parody persona accounts started coming into existence. Um, I decided to make one that was uh, uh, a little bit more creative and generally nice and not mean. <laughs> so totally different than what we do. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. Well, because for every mean account, you only need like one little tiny, small, nice account to counterbalance it anyway. So <laughs> That's how it works, right? It's a not little, a, he's not uh, PHP Bard is not quite as nice as PHP Hugs though. Yeah, I blocked PHP Hugs the first time he <laughs> sent a message at me. I said, "Yeah, I'm not having any of that." Block. <laughs> That's right. I do have people every once in a while emailing me asking why I blocked them, and you say, "I go, I don't know. You probably just said so. You probably just said the wrong thing at the wrong time. Have a nice day." And that's that. <laughs> You're the block king, dude. We love no, no, I'm definitely not the blocking. I know some people that are way more aggressive blocking people. I haven't had to block people in a while, but um, I blocked somebody from Dev Hell uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah, they're getting too aggressive with you. 
No, he said uh, some, how we were uh, going to sell some of the stickers we got made. And uh, he's like, oh, you're getting people to pay for their advertising. That's very interesting. No, that's like, a block right there. I could, you know, I could explain it. It's like, have you ever bought a T-shirt that had a logo on it ever? Well, you are paying to advertise when you do that. Because Claire, yeah. Claire has the very strict uh, no logo policy. She won't out in public. Won't wear uh, any item of clothing with uh, with a logo on it. And that's totally fair. I mean, it's yeah. fine. I make that choice. But I own a lot of band T shirts and stuff like that. And, and then I could also get into like that. We're giving away. We're going to give away a bunch of them. We're really only selling the ones to people who we can't give it away to. And they say, "Yes, I really want to have the a sticker." And I'm like, "Okay, well." Uh, okay, we'll set these aside for you. It's not like we're making money on this operation, really, or anything like that. Um, but then I was like, that's just, that's going to be like 17 tweets, and I don't want to get into a discussion about it. So <laughs> I just was like, fuck it. So sorry, dude, if you were just being snarky and you actually like us, I'm sorry about that. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll sell you a yeah. sticker at half price. Yeah, I mean, if you're around, if, like if you come to my town, I will just give you a fucking sticker. I don't care. <laughs> But it's, if you, you know, get in your car full of rage and drive to Pawnee, I'll hand you a sticker in person. Yeah, I'd be happy to. That's fine, man. But I just, you know, I just did not want to get into it with that. And that was the only option I could come up with without exploding. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on some of these stickers, too. Fair enough. It should be good. Oh, hey, I just got uh, your email from Kickstarter confirming your uh, community sponsorship. So Official uh, number one. I should have one. those uh, uh, airplane tickets for you here pretty soon. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm very excited. That's Yay. right. Official podcast. We better be. Or else there will be repercussions. All right. So what do we talk about PHP Bart? So um, so does M now you can correct now I don't know how much you're allowed to talk about stuff, or even if you know um, how things work um, internally at Amazon. You probably do. So one of the things I've I've heard is that the way Amazon likes to operate is that teams are like responsible for like components in the website, parts of the website, or even parts of services, and that the teams are generally, um, they're building things and they kind of can build them with anything that they want, just that Amazon has decided on, here's how we want everything to communicate with each other. So they're responsible for everything from the implementation, deployment, um, you know, interoperability with other services. I remember I read this ages ago, um, I think from... Uh, I don't know if Ed knows or even if Jeremy knows who Steve Yag is, Y-E-G-G-E. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever, guys name, have ever heard of him. name sounds familiar, but I can't. Anyway, I, can't pick. I, know, I know that he used to work for Amazon a long time ago. And he kind of talked about how Amazon did things internally and how people are kind of free to use whatever tech that they want. But just like it's more like Amazon on, the, on their tech stack had decided, well, here's how we want things to communicate with each other. So as long as other services can communicate with you using this, this standard and this protocols that, that the organization as a whole has decided to use, um, we're cool with you building things um, any way that you want. Is, is that like an accurate portrayal of how Amazon does things? Or is this just a bunch of hearsay that I heard from people? Oh, that's fairly close, actually. Um- so we have a lot of um, internal tooling and and stuff that's common among everyone, um, but yeah, everyone uh, uh, works mostly autonomously on you know their teams. Um, I wouldn't say that you can pick any technology because uh, they do have to put um, everything through kind of you know legal and security reviews before it's approved for usage. Um, 
like you know we have to be very careful internally what uh, open source license licenses um, uh, the packages that we pull in are and stuff like that just uh, because for uh, legal reasons I I don't know all that stuff I'm not a lawyer <laughs> right. um, but as far as uh, PHP goes uh, PHP happens to be on one of the list of things that we are not supposed to use um, <laughs> figures nice so uh uh, I think I, I mentioned this earlier, but I'm one of the few people in the company that actually gets to, you know, do PHP uh, with an Amazon, which is, uh, I think, pretty cool. That's interesting. Do you know why you're not allowed to use PHP in general? Uh, so a lot of the languages that um, are used commonly have mm-hmm. all had extensive, like, security reviews and other types of reviews, and uh, they just don't want to do one for PHP. I got gotcha. you. Third I mean, class citizen again. I'm sure. You, I'm sure you, you know you can. You, you've heard all the same things about PHP that other people have heard about PHP, and so they okay. just kind of avoided it. Sure. <laughs> no, I understand. No, no, I understand. They're they're happy to take money from people that want to use PHP, and happy to happy to give them an SDK, but uh, they're too good to use it internally. I under, I understand that point of view. It's a very common one. Neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot. I think. Yep. <laughs> you did good. Uh, kept your mouth shut and you didn't say anything. Here's the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty, it's pretty cool though. Um, like we've been approved you know, on our team to use PHP, of course. Um, but a lot of the tooling that uh, is geared towards uh uh, I mean, Java is the main language that's used within Amazon, um, but there's the tooling that is that is common among everyone. It does not work very well with PHP, and um, so we just since we're doing mostly open source stuff anyway, we don't really have to deal with that that often. Um, and when we do, we're we're using a different language. So, well, there you go. Problem solved. Was it a problem? I don't know if it was actually a problem. What do you think, Chris? <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going there, Ed. We we would take up an hour and a half of me complaining, which is what all these episodes devolve into anyway. So, um, so you know, what what's one thing about uh, Amazon's uh, tech stack and stuff like that that you think people would be surprised to know that you're allowed to talk about? Um, well, actually, recently they um, they've kind of opened up about a lot of the. Um, deployment tools and things that we use within the company because they've um, they've announced uh, services actually that's taking the stuff that we do internally and uh, kind of uh, repurposing that for as an external service. Um, so at, at the last uh, reInvent conference, which is in uh, November, uh, they announced uh, three services, uh, three AWS services called. Code commit, code deploy, and code pipeline, and um, they happen to all kind of correspond to tools that we use internally um, to uh, to do our stuff. And they've they've been, they're now taking those and making them external. Because that's what I've heard that a lot of what Amazon has put into their web services and and cloud offerings are are things that Amazon used initially internally, and then once. They were provided once they were proven to be useful and 
reasonably stable, they said, well, why not? We can start offering, you know, why not start offering these things to people outside the company? Yeah, totally. It's like, that's how AWS started in the first place is, you know, they, they were running amazon.com and amazon.com of course has to be highly available, highly reliable, highly scalable. And, um, you're like, Hey, you know what? We come up with some pretty good, um, ideas and on how to do this stuff. I wonder if we can offer this outside of the company too. And so, yeah, a lot of the services that uh, come out from AWS are based off of um, services or patterns that we are following within the company. Fascinating. Do you ever think that, I guess the idea is that you can do such a good job at it that um, no one else is going to, like, no one else is going to do that stuff as well as you are. I, I, I was kind of thinking about the ideas. Like, I mean, it's not a common thing to be like, let's give away our processes and allow other people <laughs> to use them, right? But I guess the idea being that, well, that in some ways it kind of commoditizes that stuff. Yeah. And that stuff is less of a than, it's not a competitive advantage necessarily. To, and somebody else has to do all the other stuff that Amazon does well in terms of being a retailer. That um, And that stuff is actually probably you know, really hard to do. So that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder at the end of the day, I guess I wonder what the motivation is, you know what I mean? To, to introduce that stuff. Um, well, other than being awesome. Being awesome is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) I mean, Amazon's uh, goal from day one has always been to be the most customer centric company. So, uh, everything that we do is focused on, you know, some kind of customer uh, to help improve whatever it is they're doing or whatever it is they want to buy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can dig it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly what you said. There was something. Never mind. Skip that. No, yeah, I, think just- I, I, I was just saying it's interesting to try to think about the motivations for doing these things where, um, I mean, clearly Amazon had invented all this stuff or not maybe, maybe invented is the wrong word. Um, figured out how to build a system like this using existing tools probably, and then creating some things of their own. And just interesting to kind of wonder what their motivations were for making this available to others. Cause clearly it's a, it's a competitive advantage um, for Amazon itself to have a, a highly available, highly scalable system in place so that people, when they go to buy stuff from Amazon, um, you know, they're not getting screwed over because somebody there doesn't understand how to scale. So the idea of then turning around and making that something that they can sell, um, uh, I think probably initially was a very risky move. I mean, now, it, now of course, over the past, I don't know, X number of years now, it's kind of like, well, the cloud seems so obvious and, and you know, um, VPS and all that other stuff seems obvious. But, but back then, it, it, I mean, Amazon literally took a risk in saying, we think that this is something that other people want. And then not that they, not only that, but they were very smart uh, how they went at it and used their own marketing smarts and, and created a demand for it as well by saying, look, look at this thing that we have. You need to be able to do this too. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's, it's, you're pretty much spot on with, you know, what, what I've seen and heard. Um, uh, I remember I, I I kind of remember what Ed was saying that struck a memory in me, but um, yeah, like the, your infrastructure, your system that you're building your, your business on, you know, that's not the business itself. That's just something that you need to support your business. And so like, that's one of the, 
one of the things that we talk about a lot at AWS is that like we want to give people the power to um, to do these types of things with their businesses and not have to focus on uh, focus all their time and energy on how that's done, but you know they can spend more time on what their actual business is instead. So I don't know, like it's it's really cool because um, you know whenever we have meetings within the company, whenever we talk about um, what we're planning on doing, it's really all um, customer focused, and that's one of the things that I really like about working there. That's, that's awesome. awesome. There's an echo again. I didn't do it. I'm going to blame Jeremy. I'll just uh, go ahead and stay muted the rest of the night. <laughs> See, there See, you go. See, I guess that finally understands the relationship. This is, this is awesome. Uh, let me think. I'm looking at the pipe. I think, I don't know, we kind of covered covered uh, our four topics, really. So, I don't know, Ed, maybe we can turn this on its head. I mean... Jeremy, is there anything you want to know from Ed and I about stuff? Since we've kind of grilled you a little bit, I'm sure you must have some questions about the two of us. I mean, you want to have a good relationship with the official podcasters of the conference. <laughs> so, you you know, you this, is, this is your opportunity. <laughs> um, well, let's see, guys. So, um... I forgot where where do you work again, Chris? So uh, I work for the sponsor that Ed so uh, eloquently butchers um, every episode. So I work for Rove. Oh, okay. So I work with Evan Curry and gotcha. And And that's a that's a new development, right? Because I I I remember that you were at at Cinecore or something earlier Uh, until the end of the summer. Yeah, in uh, end of July. I left okay. Cinecore and, and hooked up with Evan and the folks there. So that's it's it's been going good. Uh, I'm enjoying my four day work week, and um, although although these days I've been working on carpal tunnel syndrome with all of the slicing and dicing of text I've been doing um, <laughs> for this for this humongous PSR two refactor that I've been spending the past I don't know almost a month working on I think. Huh. Um, thousands and thousands of files I've had to change, and so um, it's been interesting because I've been using. Um, I've been using a lot of automation to kind of search and replace for things and then have to run everything through a linter and the PHP um, PHP code sniffer to look for anything that I missed. So I'm kind of in that. I'm definitely in the home stretch where um, I'm down to like just looking for uh, the, the vast, actually maybe this is an interesting topic to kind of go over a little bit. So when I mentioned to people that I'm doing the PSR to change over, most people seem to think it's just something as easy as, well, I'll just run the PHP um, code fixer on it and I'll fix everything. That's, that's only half the problem. So the problem no, is no, necess- just that one commit yeah. done. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> if, if only test will pass, I'm sure. Yeah. The test. What a joke. Anyway. Um, so part of the problem, too, is that not only do we have to fix the code over, so stuff like indentation and spaces instead of tabs and, and, and worrying about um, line links and all these other things just that are all in an attempt to enforce kind of a consistency in how the code looks. Because I could literally start looking at code and, and know who had worked on a particular section because I learned to recognize unique styles of, <laughs> of the different developers. No, really, I could look and say, yep, no, so-and-so. I, I, 
That's and I would scroll and I would scroll up to the comment at the top of the file. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's so and so. I figured. <laughs> um, but the problem was we also need to namespace everything. So that has been the vast majority of my work is actually converting a whole bunch of non-namespace code and organizing it into namespaces and then using the correct namespaces in certain files and then going back and renaming everything from that kind of old, you know, foo underscore bar underscore baz and then chopping that up into doing a massive search and replace to change all instances of that into the proper namespace reference so that files that are not in the same namespace can access them. So that's been like 85 to 90% of the work. So, um, I hope to never have to go through anything like this again. And Sounds I've like often wondered, I, I, I've often wondered, PHP, I don't know about other languages, but it sure seems to me that PHP spends a lot more time enforcing these kind of code standards than a lot of languages do. So, I mean, I've never heard of, I've, I've never heard of like coding standards for Ruby. Now, I know Python has one for sure. Um, PEP8, isn't that, is that what it's called, Ed? Because I know you did Python for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, PEP8. And PEP8. so it's... So, it's- not so everybody follows have, it, but you know. yeah. So they already had one that everyone had kind of agreed on. That's the standard that you should be following. But um, but yeah, like I've never heard of like it's got a pretty uh, consistent style too, if I remember right. Right, but but aren't they kind of taught that from the beginning? Like when you well, start yeah, I mean, Java, like, you kind of learn like that. Ruby style. and Java, there isn't. There's like kind of really only one way to do it to begin with. <laughs> right. Um, whereas PHP had like a hundred different ways. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, part of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard that come up in Ruby very much. But, I mean, you can just do lots of stuff at PHP to format things really differently. I mean, because you could just, like, I don't know, maybe I'll write everything on one line. you know, Or, uh, I don't know, so I can kind of see it. Maybe I'll start every line with a semicolon. <laughs> oh no, that's that's JavaScript. People are JavaScript. Oh, it's so annoying. So yeah, so that's what I've been. I've spent basically the last like month, almost six weeks, going through our PHP code base and just converting everything over to PSR two. So it, it has taught me um, the importance of of recognizing opportunities for automation. So if I found myself doing something manually multiple times, I would stop and say, okay. How can I accomplish this task in an automated fashion? So um, I found myself using a lot of um, pipes on the command line. So finding something, then piping it through Perl and applying a regular expression to it, and then you know going through all and finding all instances of that. Um, I spent a lot of time using macros and things like that um, in Vim. Uh, so as I as if, uh, as I was doing very common things like I did this. Oh, what was I doing? Oh, I, I had to go through a whole bunch of scripts that were so horribly. Um, written and were so old that it wasn't going to, and so infrequently used that it wasn't going to be worth the trouble um, to like PSR two it up. So um, I wrote a macro to go through Vim with all the files loaded in it to go through each buffer and just you with the PSR two um, and the code sniffer you can put annotations in and tell it to ignore certain things. So I just had it just I added an annotation to every file saying yeah just ignore this file totally when it comes to coding style. So um, so yeah so I, I uh, it's funny I set that up and then I went over to the school to go pick up my uh, uh, pick up my daughter from school and by the time I walked back it had finished altering all I don't know several hundred files whatever it was working on. So it was kind of neat. You made a robot do your work for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Vim is a wonderful tool for doing things like that. Robot. That's right, man. I was going to say that, um, so uh, my Vim foo is very poor, um, and I found myself using uh, PHP Storm pretty often. 
they got a lot of cool refactoring tools that do like move stuff around for you. But if you're trying to do it in bulk, uh, it's really not, not even fast enough to even consider using that to do stuff. Yeah. I had lots of people tell me to use PHP Storm, and those people I almost blocked. Right? <laughs> um, because it, I, I didn't want to go, I didn't want to like explain over and over again about, yes, I understand PHP Storm in an individual file. I can tell it, please refactor this and we'll do it. The problem is that that is not scriptable and nope. it's not scalable. So I was far better off um, spending half an hour finding out how to do an automated search and replace from the command line. And then that would take like, five minutes to run at most. Whereas the first time I did some of the things by hand, I spent like a half a day doing something. And after that half a day, I was like, I'm so stupid. I could have done this from the command line. So as part of my always mantra, when I'm telling people about stuff, it's like always look for these opportunities to automate um, repetitive tasks. So you can save your brain for figuring out other things. So my hands definitely thank me for not, uh, for not having to bang away at the keyboard for um, eight and a half hours a day, nonstop um, vimming everything. It's just like, no, if I can do a search and replace from command line, I'm going to do it and then just apply tools to it afterwards to look for the, I found it'd be a far more effective use of my time to have an automated tool, do one big swipe over everything. And then I have something else that goes through and finds the things that were missed. It's far easier to fix the things that I missed than to go through every single thing one, every single thing one by one and edit it. And, and you got to be honest, I mean, when you write a script that, you know, passes through swaths of code and fixes it up and you run it and it works, it's pretty satisfying. <laughs> yes, it's very satisfying. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so yeah, so that's what I spend my days doing, hacking and slicing on PHP. So, uh, do you have um, any uh, more stuff to tell us about how awesome the conference is going to be? Here's your, uh, you got a pitch ah, on the official... Right. On the official um, podcast. So I'm really excited about it. Um, we're doing it at a place called Impact Hub Seattle, which is a co-working space in downtown Seattle. It's a pretty cool little venue there. And um, we're going to do, I think, I'm, I'm going to try and do three tracks. Because um, I, I don't want to do two because that's the worst. Um, and I don't think there's enough room to do four. So I have a pretty hard limit on on the total number I can bring there. Um, but I'm also going to, uh, I'm also working with this other company to do some video streaming of the event. So I'm going to try and get that set up too. Um, it, uh, pending that I can uh, uh, pay for that. So, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it should be fun. Um, I'm going to kind of follow the examples of the, other conferences that I've been to. Unfortunately, I haven't been to True North, so I can't include your example, Chris. Um, whenever it's I okay. To- we, all, we all have our own failings. <laughs> whenever I try to go to a conference outside of the States, uh, everyone tells me no. So um, maybe <clears throat> someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And um, it's going to be... Uh, an interesting road getting from here to that date, I think. What do you think, Chris? Well, I mean, I know that beforehand, before we we started recording, we were talking a bit about conference organizing. So, um, yeah, I mean... I mean, I can only speak. I can only speak from my experiences. My experience experiences have been that things have um, gone very, very smooth, um, and I think part of that was. Um, 
uh, Pete and I and Vic, now that our other um, organizers on board with us, um, we had a very burning desire to offload as many of these um, critical things onto trusted third parties as we could. We had no desire. We had no desire to be control freaks about it. So it's like if there is somebody out there that we feel we can trust who can handle this part of the conference for us, we are more than happy to hand it off to them and get them to do it. And and really, except for like you know one or two minor things, we haven't had any, um, haven't been really disappointed too much um, with the decision to do that. I, I think the the I think one thing where we did err on, and maybe this is a cautionary tale for you, is the use of volunteers. One year we had too many people, and um, I'm trying to think of the correct way to, to put this. So <laughs> they they weren't doing things. Uh, at a level of quickness that I was happy with. And so at some point, most of them, I just outright dismissed and said, you know, we don't need you. You can go just, thanks for coming. You can go watch whatever, you, whatever of the sessions you want. Feel free to help yourself to lunch, but I don't need your help anymore. So, uh, <laughs> so a cautionary tale on keeping the number of volunteers low. And also, I mean, perhaps this is just me wanting things, wanting certain tasks done a certain way. Um, uh, I'm big on trust. I want to trust that when I give someone a task to do, that they're going to do it in a way that I will be happy with the outcome. So, I mean, maybe you're not as big an asshole about those things as I am, but um, a little thing. If you have volunteers, keep the volunteer numbers low and make sure you can trust the people to do the stuff that you, way you want it done. Cool. All right. Because you definitely need volunteers. You'll definitely need volunteers to help you out with things. Yeah. Uh, uh, room wranglers, um, people helping others get registered, um, things like that. So those 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 things are all extremely valuable. Um, but just yeah, I just I had some issues with a few volunteers, so I was like, yeah, I don't need you guys anymore. I can do this job that the three of you people I almost said some other word couldn't handle. I can do it myself and do all these other things at the same time. Thank you. Just call them out by name. Come on. No, no, no. I'm not going to call them out by name. <laughs> all right. Okay, that's fine. Um, that's what Reddit's for. You need to have like a ten thousand dollars speaker dinner. I think that was that's part of it too. Oh yeah, speaker dinner. Are you doing one of those things? Yeah, excellent. Because I know, I know, I haven't heard, I haven't heard any complaints about the speakers' dinners that we've done for True North. So, but uh, it didn't help that Jacques Woodcock was helping himself to a bunch of uh, expensive booze when we were there. But <laughs> he did. My wife even commented, "Did you see all the things that Jacques drank?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care actually." So, uh, so they, uh, uh, they like. Got like all of our orders wrong. Like they cooked all of them wrong. Did they? Wow. See. Yeah. <laughs> well, what am I going to do? You know, it's like. Well, you see, the thing is, you tell me these things, and if we have enough complaints, then we're like, well, we're going to go somewhere else for the dinner. Well, I figured you'd want to know yes. eventually. But like that night, what was I going to do? You know what I mean? Well, you just tell me afterwards, and it would have been cool. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you now. <laughs> now, right when I can do something with it. Thanks, Ed. We can do something about it for next time. That's if you're going. I'm the official <laughs> podcaster of True North PHP. Are you going to pull that card again for another conference too? What is this, huh? I, I you know, yeah. No, last I checked, I didn't see Dev Health. I didn't see Dev Health throw any money at the conference, so I don't know about the official podcast thing, Ed. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Come put, come up with something there. Oh man, oh man. So I, I don't know. I think we've kind of gotten to the end of this episode. I don't know. Anything else you want to go over, Ed? Well we got a we got a new follower on Twitter. Um let's let's find out a little bit about him. 
it's probably him because it's pretty much all dudes. Um, Randy L. He's a web developer at Voltage Advertising and Design. And um, he's got some pictures of his kid. I like that. And uh, I think uh, some retweets from uh, the uh, North Korea here. So uh, that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> Looking good. Retweets from North Korea? What does that mean? Well, it looks like a, it's got a retweet here. It looks like it's some people... Uh, Got Kim Jong Un and looking at a guy using a computer. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, just checking it out. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's good times. Good for everybody. Good, I think yeah, everybody's. Good times. Yeah. So I, I think this has come grinding to a halt. All right. Well, shout out to Randy L. So shout out to. Oh, <laughs> hello, hello, Seth. As a non-dude, hello, dudes and dudettes. I didn't say everybody. It's just like disturbingly high Most, numbers. It's, it, <laughs> yes. is, it tends towards the, the sausage party end of the gender equation. Yes. But we love you anyway. We love you anyway. Hey, when are you going to do some more music, Ed? Because what was that thing that you did? Because oh, I have it, but I can. I, it comes up on my shuffle every once in a while. And I'm like, yeah, this is Ed stuff. But of course, I never remember the name. Oh, Dead Agent. That's the one. Did Asian. Mm-hmm. Any plans for any other music? What yeah, is this? Oh, no, I've been doing music for a long time. Um, uh, and I put out a couple CDs uh, like in 1999, 2000. And uh, so like kind of like industrial rock slash electronic stuff. And uh, but more lately, it's been more, more instrumental um, EDM ish kind of stuff. Um, but uh, not so dance oriented. And um, yep, yeah. I mean, I'd really, I'd like to do more. What's that? Yeah, that was uh, that was the, the, the <laughs> melody. Um, That's usually one of his hooks. Every song has that little bit in it, Jeremy. It's actually kind of annoying. <laughs> It's dropping the sick beat, and then you know, it's best, and then derp, 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 I'm like, God damn it, Ed got us again. Made me Break listen all the way through the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd really like to. It's just I, I, if uh, I didn't have a job, I think I'd work it out real well. I think maybe yeah. so. If somebody could just pay me to do that, I'd be all right with it. That sounds like an Indiegogo campaign right there. Yeah, I have a feeling that might not go over as well as some other ideas I've had. You could do like a, a year of mental health music or something. I'm sure you could make it work. Oh, yeah, that so, reminds yeah. me. How's uh, how is all the, the data gathering from last year? It's crazy as ever. Uh, oh, yeah, crazy as ever. <laughs> crazy. Uh, you have like a, a new talk that you, you're putting yeah. in there. So I and it's going to be at at at, at Pi Tennessee is where I'm going to give that as a keynote, um, and um, uh, so I'm I'm going to talk some about some of the things that we found from the survey uh, and how things kind of break out in terms of what we see at, in, in the workplace in tech and sort of how what what people think about mental health and how they feel if it's the workplace is a safe place to talk about that how it impacts them. Um, 
And the idea with the talk is try to sort of move things in a direction of, uh, well, what are, hopefully at the end of it, what are things that you can do in your workplace, like actionable things that you can do? And um, I think like uh, the, you know, so I think it's going to, I'm probably going to have more stuff as we go. The top my talks always kind of evolve. Uh, but um, that's really the idea of where I kind of want to go with it. So it's going to be kind of like the talks I've given before, but I think there's a little bit less emphasis on personal story and more about, um, you know, what are the, what information do we have? What are actionable things that we can do? Uh, so that's the idea. Cool. And um, yes. now, yeah. Um, I don't know if you told Chris, but, uh, you know, Ed came to Seattle last year, I think it was April uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, was able to give the talk to our group there, which was really cool. So yeah, Ed um, couldn't stop talking about it when he went. Yeah. I remember (laughs) (laughs) that was the longest version because I didn't have a time limit. So I just jabbered and jabbered and jabbered, which I'm sure everyone appreciated. And, uh, yeah, my wife uh, appreciated it. So yeah, she's awesome. She's doing well, I hope. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. I'm glad to hear that. Well, she she uh, yeah. was uh, pregnant for most of the year, which seems to kind of level out everything. So Okay, that yeah, that's okay. Fair so enough. She's doing good. Yeah. Yeah, right on, right on. Um yeah, and I knew you just and you so it was not that long ago that you had your newest uh family edition. Uh yeah, the end of October. Just that had, is, uh, our our third kid. There yeah. you go. Nice. Gotta like that. Very cool. Um, Chris, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, this is a little love fest right now, so like <laughs> I feel left out. But uh, but no, I'm super excited about your conference. I think that'll be really cool. So um, so that means that you have to accept a talk that I want to give, and um, I think that hundred dollars just greased the uh, greased the, <laughs> the palms. I think we're, we're I think we're in now. <laughs> Nervous laughter. All right. <laughs> That's not my nervous laughter. My nervous laughter is like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> He's trolling us so much. If you hear that one, then, then you know. Then you know. <laughs> well, let's see what time is it. It's 1024. Old men need to go to bed. So yep. mm-hmm. I believe this has been episode number 56 of the Development Hell podcast. Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on. Um, thanks for having me. We should thank um, our sponsors, it was, too. It was, it was good to, we'll get to it. Just hold on. I didn't know. Um, I just thought it'd be cool to talk a bit about Amazon and some other stuff because Amazon is a very interesting company that relies heavily on tech, but tech is not its main business. So, um, it's interesting to see a very customer-driven company that's using tech to try to fulfill um, all their customers' needs. So, Ed, you want to go on about the sponsors? Um, I think I got two words for you. Amber monitors. Right, that's Rove. And what's the second two words for our other sponsor? Uh, rippling data. Rip. Oh, that's a good, rippling data. That's a good one. We'll have to tell Paul that one. Yes, Wonder so Network, rippling data. Yeah, we'll have to tell him because he certainly does not listen no, to this term. He never, listens. he never listens. He loves to come on and talk when we have him on when he has when he's had a couple of drinks, but he never comes and listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yes, yeah, so thank you very much to our two sponsors, Rove and uh, Wonder Network. Um, so, uh, as always, you can find everything that we've done on our website at devhell.info. Um, we encourage people to sign up for our mailing list. There's a link on the website so that you can get notified. And if we can get up to, what, what are we at now, Ed? We're at uh, somewhere in the hundreds, right? So Of what? Of, of people who are on the mailing list. Not as many as I want to be on that mailing Triple list. Triple digits. 
We're in triple digits. Okay, so are we, are we at 200 yet? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, so when we get to 200, we're going to start doing some special things for um, just for the listeners who are on the mailing list, giving them a little bit of details and other special things. I yeah. have some idea. I have some ideas, and I've been talking about a few things, but we're going to figure some things out, some way to reward some of the more loyal listeners who are willing to give us their email address. So. Um, also, we now have stickers, and as soon as we figure out a good way to sell those to people, we're going to put a link up on the website, so you'll be able to, if you want to support our efforts by buying a sticker, um, we would greatly appreciate it. So we will mm-hmm. figure out, we will figure out a way. I just join to, the mailing list. There you go. Well, um, past get, guests are exempt, so sorry, Jeremy. Oh, um, get out. That's right. We'll filter you out. Don't worry. Uh, so yeah, so I have links on there. Um, you can also listen to the podcast via iTunes. If you do listen to it on iTunes, please, please, please uh, rate the podcast and provide us with some feedback, things that you like, things that you don't like, so we can always try to make the most enjoyable uh, possible show. I know Ed and I usually have lots of fun doing this, but we also want to make sure the listeners have fun. Um, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, at, at dev underscore hell. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Grumpy Programmer without the U. You can find Ed on Twitter as Funkatron with the U. As always, thanks so much for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you all soon. Good night, Internet. Good night.